The Infuse Show is brought to you by the team at The Sales Joint. The Sales Joint, sales solutions crafted for cultivators, www.thesalesjoint.com. Also brought to you by money. I'm all right, Jack. Keep your hands off my stack. Let's do the show. Guys, welcome. It's good to see you, Francesca. It's good to see you, Mike. It's good, good to be, be seen. Whoa. Jinx. We might have to cut and restart. Yeah, <laughs> that was really. rough. That's way, that's way too Our cheesy. Our apologies. <laughs> Our apologies. I'll tell you what, though. I'm not apologizing for this show because this has been one that we've been asked to do uh, and people have been wanting us to do a show like this for quite some time. So I'm really excited about today's episode uh, because the, the you know wonderfully titled by uh, the lovely Francesca, today you're going to learn how to buy weed even if you've never done it before. It's a tall order. It is. You think you guys can handle this? I, I know we can. We can't even handle introductions. Thank yeah, God Nick picked up that ball <laughs> and took it to the house. So we'll, we'll do our best. <laughs> well, look, this this is no, this is a great one. We always say that we we have some people in the in the audience that are kind of curious, and even if people are experienced cannabis users, sure. like the episode we did with uh, with Mystic Timber, there are probably people that don't know a lot about dabbing. You know, or, mm-hmm. or, the, or the, you know, how it's so much cleaner and better for you and things like that. So we love doing segments like this for you, the audience. And if, if there's something you want covered, you get in touch with us. Let us know. Uh, but today, if we're covering how to buy weed, even if you've never done it before, and we're talking about creating illegal weed, yeah, illegal weed that is, uh, a, a, a generation of, of uh, conscientious consumers, if you will, um, it's a different landscape right now because if you guys will both hop in the DeLorean with me and even if we go back 10 years we didn't have an actual marketplace to go to not on the east coast no definitely not in the east coast no Mm -mm. and there was no there was not even like the dream of that becoming a reality uh, in such a short time so it was like not even we had enough time to learn how to become uh, the consumers of legal weed. <laughs> you know, we just got the stores and then had to figure it out, so. Yeah. If you had an ailment and you heard the cannabis could help you, what were your options? You had to find somebody or <laughs> know somebody, and oftentimes it was you get what you get. Yeah, there wasn't any um, treatment of symptoms. It was you're buying a bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, might under- you might know the strain name. You might. But more than likely, it was just I bought a quarter, an eighth, whatever, an ounce, and you just hoped it didn't have a bunch of stems in it and seeds. Yeah. And that's how it was the main thing. And a lot of times, like even even in the uh, illicit market now, if you, if you which is still thriving, you know, because legal market is driving the illegal market, you, you don't necessarily, you might know the strain, but you don't necessarily know um, where it's grown, how it's grown, where it's coming from, and you can't necessarily get the same thing over and over again. So you could be going on websites and finding out what strain works for whatever it is that you want it to do, and that doesn't really make any difference because your guy <laughs> doesn't have that this week, this month, right. this year, and doesn't know when they'll get it. Right, and that's assuming everybody's using for to treat something. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're using right. it just because you want to get high, then you really don't care. No, sure. but you would still have a different high every time because right. you're getting some different strains, different profiles, and all kinds of different compositions. So you really don't have any control as a consumer on the illicit market that you do on a legal market. And that's what we want people to do is understand that as consumers, you have the control. So that's what we want to give you is the empowerment to take control of your consumption. There it is. Yeah, there it is. And you, you brought up some of this good, uh, really good, like that, that idea that 
it lacked consistency. You know, that whether or not Gorilla Glue could help me, uh, there's no chance I'm going to get that the second time I go see my guy. Um, and, le- and if he did, it's probably not going to be good because it's that other batch that he still had lying around. So this is the, this is the key. We have places to go now, um, but a lot of people still don't know too much about dispensaries, especially this kind of curious element that, we're, that we appreciate listens uh, to, to us from time to time. Um, let's talk about that. How do people find their weed today? Go ahead, Mike. Well, I think, there's, I think most of it, honestly, I feel like is on the internet. Um, whether it's a Google search of dispensaries near me mm-hmm. or you're on Weed Maps, which is a, a popular app that's out there that's free for consumers, paid heavily for by those that are listed on it. <laughs> But it is it really is a pretty strong way to find um, dispensaries near you. They usually have some reviews you can find. And so menus I, I, sometimes, yeah, hours menus. and things like that. So it's it's a good resource, but I feel like a lot of it is, is the is on the internet. But I think, you know, Frank had a great story earlier about a relative that there's a, a dispensary that opened very close to her home, but she wasn't even aware that it was a dispensary. And so that's part of it too, is like it's on it's within your span of control as a consumer to find dispensaries near you. But I feel like the responsibility is also on the dispensary to make sure people in the community understand who they are and what they're all about and that they're welcoming to, Mm -hmm. to new people to come in for, to learn and to get comfortable with what the plant can do. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point is that as consumers, we have to, and we have to understand that you, assuming you're in an adult, use legal state or you have a medical card in a medical legal state you can just walk into a dispensary and it may be hard to identify them from the outside because a lot of the laws limit the marketing they limit the signage they limit what kind of advertising they can do and so uh, outreach can be challenging or expensive as in weed maps Mm -hmm. for those dispensaries but they just have to get more creative with how to reach new consumers and they can't count on people being curious enough to walk into an unmarked building that has to be so many miles from a school so many miles from a park so many miles from everything that it ends up being in maybe what some people would consider a scary industrial area or an area they don't normally traffic or go to so it is definitely Um, more intimidating looking than it actually is because as a consumer you can just go in there and that's that's really just what's about so do your research online first and then uh, explore yep and I think and one thing I think is good for people to understand is there probably will be security at the door yes so don't be alarmed when you walk up and there's somebody that's standing there with a gun (laughs) and they're probably going to ask you for it either ID or ID in your medical card. So just be aware of that it's totally normal. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a cash business. So they're going to ha- want to have security. This, it's not about, um, you know, intimidation. Your, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm glad that's a great, great word for there, but just understand that going in. Cause it can be a little intimidating. If you've never been into one, you're like, Whoa, I remember the first time that I ran into it, went into a dispensary in California and it was a little bit like, am I allowed to be, in mm-hmm. here is this okay because yeah, that yeah. guy seems like a guard 
to get in, but really it's a guard to keep everybody that's in there safe from whatever could want to get in with nefarious reasons. Right. So you so. go through, you have to go through security. Sometimes they have a window where they right. have to There's talk a through the place. window. Yeah. So it's a, a little bit in. initially, then it's like, Whoa, yeah. and then it opens up after that. But. Or if you're in Washington, <laughs> you just stroll right into the store yeah. and you're good. Yeah, yeah exactly. pretty much. So yeah, state by an, state, it's very different. That was an eye opener for me in Washington too. You yeah. Can, you just walk out with Santa's grab bag of stuff and yeah. And, and make sure that you check out multiple dispensaries if you have that privilege of being around m- many different kinds of dispensaries because they all do have their own personalities and are very different. They are. So as far as that's concerned, as far as like a dispensary and a store personality, that's more important than ever in, in just business. Uh, the, you know, what a store looks like, feels like for consumers. What, in your opinion, what's, what's a good dispensary? Mm-hmm. You know, what goes into that? I think a good dispensary welcomes you is the most important thing is that when you walk in there, you don't feel like you're the new kid in a lunchroom holding your tray, wondering where you can sit down because everybody <laughs> else has their group. That's not the feeling of a good dispensary. It sounds sit like with some, us. some deep issues yeah, just seriously. resurfaced. One time in the phone booth <laughs> in high school. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, but um, they, they have to be welcoming to you. And that whether that's, you know, greeting you at the door or having just the ambiance, you know, um, and not such a stark kind of atmosphere of bare walls, bare floor, display cases, digital menu, end of list. Uh, you know, those are yeah. rough to create any kind of experience or feeling in. Yeah, those you know? are like the AP levels of dispensaries where you just see the, the, the menu and then you, you, you trust that. And even those aren't, I wouldn't even call them AP levels, Nick, because they're not even, they're following the letter of the law and not the um, needs of a cons- of a customer. Absolutely. You know, so, okay, so you can only have a digital menu and you can only have a display case, but what you put on that digital menu, how fast that digital menu goes, what how overwhelming that menu can be, and how you organize it and make it more readable, all of those things are part of the experience. So, to me, it's, it's maybe less quantitative, more qualitative, is that the feeling you get when you get into a dispensary needs to be a welcoming one. Yeah, I like that. I liken that. And there's three that I was thinking of. And my environment is one. And that's mm-hmm. the experience that you're talking about. You did a great job describing that because that's, that's a lot of it. Uh, but the other part is the support that you're given. And, yes. and this is like the education that they can provide you is where I lump that. So that's going to be either bud tenders who are well-trained and uh well-versed in speaking with new people and making you feel comfortable into what you're doing there and how the product might help you, um, as well as just either maybe they have programs or workshops and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, is like the support end of it. And then you've got the selection, the product selection itself. And, and those are in no particular order. Right. But yeah. to me, those are the big three. And the product selection, you know, we go some places and it's like very limited product selection versus other ones that have a fantastic product selection and where you really can get a cross section of different price points, different, different strains, like all that kind of stuff. So, um, and not even to talk about if they have a full selection of um, concentrates and pre-rolls and drinks and cookies and candy bars and turkey gravy now and you know, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So, um, so those three all to me kind of work together with what makes up a good store. And, and the one thing I didn't say, I didn't say price. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I have those three, that's what's going to win me as a, as a consumer to be loyal to that store. And if I have to pay a few more dollars to have a better experience with a better product and someone that's going to work with me, hell yeah. Yeah. No brainer. You know what it is, is 
I don't want to walk into a dispensary and either have silence from the support, you know, from the, the employees there, or what do you want to buy? Dude, I just walked in. <laughs> you don't even know if I've ever consumed before. So how do I even know what I want to buy? That's, that's the difference in bud tenders is like, you're not a 7-Eleven. People, yeah. people aren't familiar with this stuff the way that they're familiar with other things. And so you need to be on the education front. You need to be hand-holding in some cases. Obviously, you need to check who are you dealing with, an experienced consumer, a new consumer. Yeah. Well, that's what you should be pre- prepared to. You I mean, you should go into the store prepared to answer certain questions from the bud tender so that they can sure. do their job effectively. If they're a good bud tender, right. what experience do you have? You know, what are you looking to get out of it? Um, delivery method, <coughs> excuse me, delivery methods. What do you prefer? You know, that sort of thing. Um, are you looking for now? What's your, what's your budget? Like all those sorts of things that really help them to do a product selection yeah. and get you into the best set of products that are going to be the best fit for your particular set of circumstances versus just being like, here we go. This is my favorite one here, and that's my favorite yes. pre-roll, and there's my favorite edible, and which one do you want? Yes. And now the onus is on me as a consumer to feel all this goddamn pressure to be like, <laughs> I've got to buy one of these three. Yeah, because these like, are his favorite. No, you don't. Uh-uh. No, you don't. You don't, <laughs> you don't have, have to buy, to buy anything. anything. Yeah, walk out of there. Do yeah. we say it the same thing at the same time again? Another jinx. I think if we do it the third time, <laughs> then uh, uh, we get a randomized drawing of a, a listener who wins a Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think you're so right is that, um, and, and I've felt that. I've been in a ton of dispensaries in a ton of states, and I've walked in and been like, this is super awkward now because now I have to buy something or I'm rude. Screw that. It's, it's you as the buyer. You have the power, and it's okay to take your time making decisions, and you, it's okay to say up front, hey, listen, I'm just here to actually learn because I've never done this before, or I'm pretty new to this, so I was wanted to see what you had, and I'm really looking for something that it helps me with my creativity or gets me kind of giggly and, and up, or I'm, I'm having such a hard time sleeping, and I really need some help falling asleep or staying asleep, um, sleeping through pain. It, there's a ton of reasons why people use cannabis. So you're, it's on you and your bud tender to figure out what is the best use of it for you. Yep. Yeah. And I always, I, I have the same red flag when a bud tender is like, these are my two go-tos. I'm like, all right, why are they why? your go-tos? Because you get a bonus who or something? Who do you know from that Yeah, farm? who do you know? So, <laughs> what kind of kickbacks you get? <laughs> you, have an, you have an oversupply. That's yeah. your old stuff. It's yeah. the highest price stuff. It's like when you go and ask a waiter for a recommendation and they point to the most expensive thing on the menu and you're like, mm-hmm, sure, the tomahawk is like your favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I, I have a friend, uh, I, I work with him, and he just always asks for the most expensive thing. He doesn't even care what it is. He says, just bring me the most expensive drink you got. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it, it's an interesting thing. Well, two things I think, I, I commend you both for covering these already that I think are intimidating to people. Mike got that first one with, um, don't be, you know, don't be off put. You see that security guard. But the other thing is with, with people sometimes are like, whoa, why are you asking me all the questions? Yeah. The, oh, this is a place where good. people are asking you questions in order to help you um, and, and in order to help you find the right product. So in terms of finding the right product, um, I, I think you could help uh, the, the, the new consumer in the following way. There are some established brands on the market, and there are some that aren't so established. And I, I read uh, an article recently. It was, uh, by the, it was featured the Brightfield Group and, and, and Bethany Gomez, who we, we've gone and we've heard her talk. We, we've read her in interviews. She's she's amazing. She made this point of even you know if, if you don't drink soda, 
you've been in a grocery store enough over the years to know that Pepsi has to be a trusted brand, whether or not you're drinking soda. So if somebody's coming over that drinks soda, you're, you're pretty comfortable picking the Pepsi up, putting it in the cart, because they've had years of brand awareness that's been developed in everybody's where Cannabis is still a baby, uh, as far as an industry is concerned. And that brand awareness is very low. So how do people find the, the right brand? How do we assess brands? This is, that's a really, really interesting point about the Pepsi. And it really goes, it's like the brand awareness, but also the brand trust. Right. And I think when you're looking at an industry that's state by state, by and large, with a very fragmented group of, of producers, it makes it really difficult to A, establish a brand, B, to establish that trust. And, and there's some people with national brands that are doing that and they're, they're, they're doing it well, but wild. That's, that's very, yeah. few. Love wild. it's very few though. Wanna, and they're yeah. not in every Wanna, state clear, but, yeah, yeah. but they're not in every state nope. exactly. or every eligible state. So right. if you look at like the addressable target market, if you're in, um, you know, a some state, you might not be able to get wild or wanna or cookies or whatever else. But so then it's like, okay, so what what's my next best option? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how do I l- know what brand to trust? And I think there's things that you can do as a consumer to help educate yourself on that. Like using um, like one app I use, and I, I guess they're a web thing too, but I use the app uh, is Leafly. Oh yeah, and that gives a lot of great strain information. But I think you can also get some information about the farms themselves, mm-hmm. and it and that information's at your fingertip as a consumer in terms of what brands are out there, what farms are owned by who. And, and you can almost match your ability to want to understand, like, I want to support a certain group. I want to support a female-owned farms or minority-owned farms, or I, I want to go support MSOs. I would, like, it's, that information's at your fingertips. So you can make a decision based on what's readily available in your state, but you have to kind of do the work yourself. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's one thing I think is out there in terms of being like, okay, that helps me understand which shelf I want to shop from in the store. And then I think the other second piece of advice I would have is get to know some basics. And this is Leafly's great at this one too. It's not just about THC. So understand what the terps mean and, and what terps do what and how those terps contribute to the overall experience. Like you can do that on your own, learn that on your own so that when you get into the store, you can certainly, and we encourage you to rely on the bud tender, but also trust yourself because ultimately you're going to take, take it and use it. So you need to be an educated consumer to help steer your own boat in the right direction. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of this cannabis has, um, not just the, like you said, it's not just about the THC percentage about getting you high. It is your endocannabinoid system in your body processes cannabinoids, minor cannabinoids, the major cannabinoids like THC and CBD, and then also terpenes, which are the essential oils of the plant. So that is what gives cannabis its its taste and its smell. And different terpenes have different kinds of effects. And you also have to look at them for things like allergies. If you're allergic to pine, maybe pinene is not the terpene that you want. Right. Maybe you want to look for carophyll. Maybe you want to look for lemonine. And so Leafly is a great, and there are other you know websites mm-hmm. out there we're not sponsored by leafly but we will take your sponsorship <laughs> uh, but there there are ways to do that research a- ahead of time that you don't have to know everything but you need to be familiar enough with the plant and the parts of the plant the flavonoids the terpenes the the cannabinoids to understand that it's not just one thing that creates your high and yeah. that cbd 
in your dispensary is very different than the CBD that's going to be coming from the gas station because CBD from gas stations is grown from hemp. And CBD in the dispensaries is taken from the cannabis plant like in terms of marijuana, higher than 0.3% THC. Mm-hmm. And so when you combine a one-to-one is what some bud tenders will tell you. This is a one-to-one. What does that mean? It means that it's a in equal parts, um, you know, THC and CBD potentially. Well, what does that mean for your body? What does that mean for your mind? These are questions that you can absolutely ask your bud tenders and you do not have to buy if you're not comfortable with their answers. You can absolutely look up at your fingertips through the internet and you can absolutely contact us and ask us because, I mean, we'll talk cannabis all day with you. We don't care. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it is important to understand the pieces of the plant to know what you're buying. I'm glad you brought that up, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Mike, because I wanted you to, to hit this point, because I think this was something maybe around 2019. I know I've, I've sold a little uh, weed in my day for cultivators. Uh, producer extraordinaire DJ Rags has moved a ton of weed for growers, and I think in around 2019, there was this thing of, let's just jack that, at least from the dispensary standpoint, there was, let's just jack up that THC level. And I, I don't... It was hard to argue with people and be like, dude, you can have that thing go up and still have shit weed. Right. Yet is that, that's changed a little bit, you think? A high THC does not equal high quality. Right. Yeah. Those are, don't have to go hand in hand. <laughs> um, and also, I think the consumer, as the consumer demographics change, there's a big part of, this, of the demographic now that doesn't want high THC products. Yeah. And, right. and like when we were just uh, in New Mexico, we picked up those... It was like little micro doses. They were mm-hmm. like two milligram little gummies. And that's like a nice little little add-on. So, um, you know, that's part of it is understanding that and understanding, you know, where that's going to go. But it's all available. And this is, I know you're excellent at this, Francesca. It's all available in the C of A. Yeah. In the certificate of Analysis, which mm-hmm. is available to you as a consumer. So if you're in the store and you have questions or if you want to understand which terpenes are in there or which other minor cannabinoids like cbg or cbn or anything else like that that's might pop in there ask for the c of a like yeah. it's usually on a um, qr code sometimes they'll bring out the actual documentation from the back or whatever but that's available to you as a consumer and we definitely i know support and encourage people to to learn about more exactly what's in there through that yeah the coa is basically um what the growers, the processors, the producers get after they've taken their product to be tested in a lab. And then the lab basically spits out the results and says, here's what the percentages of the different cannabinoids are, the different terpenes, and also um, we're testing for things like heavy metals, mold, toxins. Um, So you do know that Well, as much as you can trust the lab, you can trust the COA. And that's really important because even if you don't know exactly how to read all of the COA and all of them look a little different because there's no standardization across the labs yet, you can see enough to know that you're getting clean product, safe product. And if they don't have the COA or if they don't, you know, have it accessible to you, I'd really strongly recommend you move on and don't yep. buy that product. <laughs> and then if you're looking at, um, you know, we, we sell weed, and so we know in different markets what goes top shelf, what's a bottom shelf bud, what's small buds, the things that are super technical terms, but ultimately the higher price stuff is going to be over 20% THC and over 2% terps. So if you see just those two numbers, know that you're probably getting a higher priced 
product um, in those things. But yeah, the COA should be telling you all of that. And even if you don't know how to read it, even if you're just scanning it and kind of glancing at it, you kind of come across as a more um, conscientious consumer by even asking for the COA or asking about the COA. And they can, they have the, the, you know, to this customer's always right thing. I think you, you've just given our listeners a lot of good information as far as what they can do and what they can, they can ask that's totally within reason to, you know, if I'm buying a bottle of wine at a restaurant and I want to know something about the winery, you can ask about the farm. Yeah. I mean, they should be able to answer that question, right, Mike? I mean, absolutely should. And I think they should. However, I think, I wonder if they uh, yeah, <laughs> and also I wonder if they, because also I mean we know we deal with the farms they don't do a great job of promoting themselves many times so yeah. that's one I I in a, and I know in our dream world we would have full transparency and a lot more information about the farms and how they grow and all that sort of stuff their, their techniques their experience all that sort of stuff would be great for me to know as a consumer yeah um, I don't think it's out there yet I don't think that sort of information to that detail is as prolific as we would like it to be and as we keep encouraging our clients to to share. Yeah, absolutely. Because you might, just like on um, after Black Friday is Shop Small Saturday. So if you want to do that on a dispensary level, an illegal weed level, you can walk into your dispensary and say, I really want to support a small farm. Can yeah. you show me the brands that are craft grown? And then are there is there any information you have about the farms? Do you know how this is grown? Is it a hydroponic grow? Is it grown in soil? Is it grown in rock wool? Mm-hmm. Again, you don't have to know everything, but even asking the questions can kind of level up your game and the bud tender's game. And so they can treat you maybe with a little more um, care in some ways. But you're right. It's it's incumbent on the farms to get that information to you. But the, it starts with the consumers. The consumers should be able to demand that information or ask for that information. Eventually, it'll trickle back down because the dispensaries will be like, oh, we sell better when farms give us more information. So, yeah, hey, right. farms, give us more information. And then they do. Yep. Consumers, you have control of how to make people behave. So let's use that. They have the ultimate control. They absolutely they, they do. Certainly do. Yeah. <laughs> I always hate that um, and when, when uh, a grower doesn't, I don't know, uh, just doesn't tell their story. Because how many times I have the privilege of interviewing and talking to a lot of people where I'll, I'll use the phrase, man, you guys are easy to root for. Some <laughs> of these growers are yeah. really easy to root for and you want to support them, but you got to get better at telling the story, I suppose. Right. Getting that story out. Am I supporting a prisoner of prohibition or am I supporting a former tobacco executive <laughs> that bought their way into the industry? I would like to know what I'm buying. Yep. I think a lot of people get nervous because they think, their story's not special or what yes. they're doing isn't unique and nobody's going to care. But we know that's not the case. We right. know that those little details are what help to differentiate of a small craft farm in a very crowded marketplace. And so those little ways of allowing you to develop your, your farms or your producing sites, whether you're making, you know, other products, but to differentiate your brand from everybody else in the space is how you can survive mm-hmm. and how you can build a loyal consumer big customer base that is asking for your product. I mean, that's the name of the game here. Mm-hmm. And it's how you can compete with MSOs and survive in a, in a marketplace that's dominated by Bud Lights. Mm-hmm. So you've got to figure out a way to do it. And uh, telling that story, it, it's got to be part of it. And I guarantee that everybody's got a unique part of their story they can tell that they can use to help 
differentiate. And that's how we connect with each other. You know, if everybody can make gummies, if everybody can manufacture tinctures, if everybody can grow flour at, you know, different THC and terps and all of that, it's, if we can buy White Widow in the 10 closest dispensaries to us, then which one do we buy? And you have to get deeper than that. And you have to say, well, it depends on the dispensary's experience. It depends on how the grower is growing. It depends on who I'm buying from. It depends on the safety and efficacy of the, of the actual products, um, you know, processing and, and growth. So yeah, there's a lot of elements in there that you can use as your, um, sort of reason for purchasing. Your most as you can tell, we feel pretty strongly about this. (laughs) (laughs) True story. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. Well, look, tell teaching us a little bit about, um, what to, what we should, what brands should be able to represent, what, what, what we should be looking for. This is all outstanding. We're helping uh, create a more uh, conscientious consumer. A part of this, too, is just let's make some good decisions in that dispensary. And making good decisions means avoiding pitfalls. So I think, can we, can we talk about that? Can we talk about some mistakes when people drop the ball in the dispensary? So what, what, what should they avoid? Who wants to start? I'll start because <laughs> I know I've done this a number of times is I would steal. Hide- no i I highly recommend that you bring cash though because this you never have cash i never have cash so i highly recommend you bring cash um no but it is it's so much easier because really without getting into the nitty-gritty of this a state um a state regulated product that is not legal federally creates major issues on the banking side that means for the dispensaries and so when you're paying with a card if that's even possible in that store, then there might be some weirdness to it. There that, will be. <laughs> yeah, that just makes you feel uncomfortable. So it's easier to pay cash. And some of that weirdness looks like um, I have to buy uh, I have to buy the weed, and because the dispensary is getting charged by the payment processor an exorbitant amount on the charge fee, they're going to not make me take all of that charge fee. So they're going to charge the fee and then they're going to pay me back some cash that I'm, that it's just it's, very yeah. convoluted in some ways. You have to buy a gift card and then you can buy your weed. You have to buy uh, another product and then the weed is a gift with that purchase. So yeah, there's a lot of payment issues. There's payment is a big problem in cannabis and it's not to the fault of any single dispensary. It's not to the fault of any owner in particular. It's just the nature of the business with the federal Um, situation right now. So the easiest thing you can do for yourself to make your transaction as smooth as possible is bring cash. Don't expect a return. Yes. That's a great one for our listeners. There is no return policy. You buy, you fly. Stay away. (laughs) In fact, I think it was in Michigan not too long ago. There was a huge, like, dust up about um, a lab had been falsifying some results and it was for like a third of the the weed that was out there and everybody brought their stuff back to the dispensaries and was like, I don't <laughs> want this because I don't know what it is. And the dispensaries went, sorry, can't do that. That was like a recall issue. So that yeah. would potentially be one where you could have some like recourse, but they you, couldn't. Just, you just buy and you're like, I don't like the way these gummies taste. Like uh, Stuck with them, yeah. son. So yeah. definitely... Be uh, judicious in your purchases. Yeah. yeah. Don't return. Bring cash. can't believe you never have cash. I always have cash. Liar. I, always, I, I hang out with DJ Rags. <laughs> He's a casino's worst nightmare. <laughs> we just knocked one off last week. 
Well, the odds are always on the house. Come on. You, uh, also have another. To, uh, you know, another one, and this is really true for new consumers, I think, because I've been the new consumer and I've done this is, can I, can I video this? Can I take <laughs> pictures? Am I allowed? Can I take a picture of me doing my first dispensary purchase? Mm-hmm. It depends. So every state and possibly every even store. each store is going to have different rules about what you can record and what you can do on premises. So make sure that you do ask and it's okay to ask, you know, be like, Hey, oh, is yeah. it okay if I could take, take a picture and they're like most of the time I would say they're like yeah. oh yeah absolutely um so it's just a matter of knowing what you can and can't do kind of like a casino speaking yeah, of DJ no, yeah exactly yeah. yeah no it's it's the same thing a lot of people say yeah take a picture of yourself or product don't get anybody else in the shot you're right. good and I've heard I've heard that in stores a bunch yep. of times right um another one that is pretty I think standard but it, this is another it could be state to state is can you consume either on premises or as soon as you walk out the door, depending yeah. on the state and the law. So ask the bud tender, ask the security guard, you know, what can you do? Cause the last thing you want to do, and I've seen people do this one is they walk out and immediately spark a pre-roll and then security guys right on them. <laughs> They're like, no man, you got to keep going, keep yeah, going, walk away. On, yeah. yeah. Doesn't Planet 13 have a gatekeeper out there? It's yeah. like, dude, don't open that. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. even open your bag. You're right. Yeah. 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 Cause that's the thing is even once you with, without even consuming talking about how to take your purchase off premises might differ state to state. It does. So you can have a state um, where you can just, walk off with a brown lunch bag and everything's fine. Nobody knows anything. Or you could have a state like in Nevada, at least the last time I bought there, you had to put the bag in the trunk of the car. It could not sit in the passenger seat. It could not sit in the back seat. It can't be in your purse. It's got to be in the trunk of the car. Mm -hmm. These rules are just so individual that it's important to understand them and know them Ideally before you buy, but as you buy, if not before. Well, I think it's one of those things you mentioned earlier about just asking questions about um, the C of A. This is if you come and you're like, hey, what's the deal? Can I, should I carry this out? Can I, like, you just asking that question shows that you are a conscientious consumer and that yeah. you know yes. to even ask the question. Because the reason we know to ask the question is because we did it wrong. Right. You know I mean? and we had to get corrected. Don't worry. We made your mistakes for you. <laughs> and it was okay. It is. You know, it I still is. have both arms. I didn't lose a hand or anything. It was fine. It's yeah. a little embarrassing, but it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry. Sorry, it's man. nothing a, a hit can't take care of. <laughs> yeah, you'll be good. 20 minutes, you won't remember. You're good. Uh, I do think... You know, one issue that you don't notice until you have the problem is with packaging in cannabis. Boy, packaging is a nightmare in cannabis. There's all these rules and regulations around it being childproof, about not having certain labels and cartoons and all kinds of things. But the childproof thing in particular is really tough because childproof sometimes means Francesca proof. (laughs) I cannot open this shit to save my life. So if you are getting it because you need help for your arthritis, your arthritis might prevent you from actually being able to open that package. Yeah. So it's annoying. I don't really have a solution for you other than get somebody who can help you with that (laughs) and just anticipate that that might be the way it is, is that squeezing the two things on the side and turning it a quarter of a clockwise and then lifting it at the same time. What? What? You have to be David Copperfield to get into that thing. (laughs) You you do or else you 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 have to be... Muscles Marinara. Uh, I am from, Muscles Marinara. Okay, all right. Did, did he live through the show? 
I don't remember. Uh, all I just remember is Tony beating him up. Those seem like little things, but they're big things because not everybody brings a goddamn toolbox with them to the dispensary right. or on vacation. You know, um, right on vacation. That's a really good point. It's on room. vacation. I've, how many times have you gotten back to your hotel room and you can't oh get it open? God, and you're like, I'm going to so call the front desk rough. for scissors. Yeah. yeah, it's like forgetting your uh, bottle opener and you get your beer and it's not yeah. a twist off. You're like, no. Yeah, yeah. Like, can I send room service up? Like, is anyone with maintenance available? <laughs> going to need them up. Here. <laughs> and, a, and a toolkit. These aren't little things. These are really important. I can just envision my sister in Florida taking notes during this episode as she listens to her infused shows. We've covered the consumer pretty well as far as preparing them to get into a dispensary and make some good decisions and ask some damn good questions. So that thank you both for those. What else? What else didn't we cover that, that can be done in this industry to maybe help out the consumer? I really think... I mean, my, my big message is it's not embarrassing to be new to this. We, we've all been new to this, and it's okay to be new to this. We actually, you should be welcomed into this cannabis family and this cannabis industry. Yes. So make sure that you can, you can put out there that you're new, and that's not a knock on you. Nobody's going to look down on you. There is no stupid question here. You can ask as many questions as you need as many times as you'd like until you get the answers that satisfy you before putting something new into your body and not, you know, not knowing how it's going to feel or how you're going to react. It's a scary thing, but you know, it's also not scary once you do it because you find out it's really wonderful. So just be aware that you always want to start low, go slow. Cause the worst thing you can do as a new consumer is overindulge. It'll, end up with either a paranoid experience or too long of an experience or just too heady and in some way you, <laughs> you weren't prepared for it and that might scar you for future consumption. So always test your limits by, by dialing it up just a little bit at a time until you find what you like and what works for you. Until you find you're at 200 milligrams. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's, uh, it's an interesting... Tell everyone what you're doing this month or not doing. This month, I am taking a tolerance break. Womp, womp. <laughs> now, explain to the folks at home what tolerance is. No, I, I <laughs> know what that is. No, but I mean, unlike CBD, THC, you do develop a tolerance to it. And so um, if you consume as frequently as I do, as much as I do, and particularly I love edibles. So uh -huh. I think just the way they metabolize, the tolerance I have has created a a ceiling that I don't like. And when I do break through that ceiling, one, it gets more expensive. And two, <laughs> it's just not the same kind of feeling that I had when I was um, at a lower tolerance. So what I do is take a tolerance break now and then, which is no consumption for a month or two months. And then when what I come that? back to it, it's lovely. It's like a new thing all over again. So just in time for the holidays. You got that right. <laughs> oh my God, when I need it the most. Look, I we believe in, in clarity and transparency on this show. So on behalf of Mike, Frank, and myself, I just want to say we're not on a tolerance break. So keep sending those cards and letters in uh, because we're still going to be taking them. <clears throat> Pioneer Squares sponsorship. Oh, Pioneer Squares Oh, there's the amazing. break. You're on a break. You're on a break. <laughs> hey. I miss them. Hey. I miss it already. <laughs> oh, my God. I just started 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I, I'm so happy that we could do an episode like this, guys, and thank you both for your, your uh, honesty and, and, and clarity here because people have been wanting this. 
Uh, I know there's a demographic out there. We, we, we've met them. We've talked to them at, at recent live events, some here in our home state, where people are even a little more curious because dispensaries are even more foreign of a concept to them. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for helping us uh, educate the consumer today. A lot of fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I was scared we were going to say the same thing. <laughs> so I was like hesitating. It's a, if it was a lot... If, if, Look, if, if that happened, we would have played Don't Stop Believing and went to black. And that would be the last episode of the Infused show ever. Last one ever. But it's not the last one ever. One of the things we do here when we're winding down on the Infused show, and you can play along at home, let us let us know if you mm-hmm. uh, what your answer would be. Hit us up on the uh, social media because it's time to play Would You Rather. All right. And we always play with the man who makes this thing run. DJ Rags. Frank, how you doing, Frankie. buddy? Hi, Mike. Hi, Francesca. Hello. Hello, Hello. Nick. Thank you, my man. <laughs> Hello to you, too. Now, <laughs> we're still riding high off that casino money. You don't know how much Frank won. Uh, but let's get the to this. The IRS does. Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Francesca, what do you got for us today? All right, gentlemen, and for you ladies and non-binaries out there, I would like to know, would you rather get a paper cut Every time you turn a page, or bite your tongue every time you eat. Do I start again? I think you have to start. If you Frank. want to, I, I'm still sitting here in awe of where the hell she comes up with these. But uh, this is the would you rather if, from if hell? Do you have it? Because I, I, I think this, I'm, this one I know. We're very I know what, easy. I know what yours. I think is. I know what yours is yeah. too. Yeah, it's got to be paper cut. <laughs> yeah. One, I don't read. <laughs> yeah, takes care of that. Takes care of that. And you know my favorite hobby, right? Eating. 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 Yeah, I knew he was going there. Easy. Uh, I knew he was going there. Um, I'm going uh, paper cut as well. Really? I don't want to ever. I try to. The older I get, I try to look at meals as something something I'm going to enjoy in this in this crazy topsy turvy world of ours. Uh, and you know what? I can I can stop reading and. There are tablets for that. I'm going nice with the paper around. cuts. Nice work around. Thank you. <laughs> I'm That's funny from the man who likes his notepads. Uh, I can get somebody. Frank, can we hire somebody to turn the page? <laughs> <laughs> Frank's get double the paper cuts because he's turning your pages too. Put out, put out, put out a new ad. It, we don't even yeah. need that. That's in a stu- new Indeed profile. It, it is. <laughs> it yeah. is. Cancel, Turner. cancel the one for the band. We, there's not enough room in here anyway. <laughs> Mike, what do you got? 100% paper cut. Wow. Yeah, I mean, like Nick said, I, the workaround is you just go digital. And when you bite your tongue, the whole meal is donezo. Ruined. Like, done. Yeah. And maybe the next couple maybe meals. Maybe the next meal. Maybe yeah, maybe I you stop eating. Pa- yeah, paper cut all day. No problem. God. Wow. You well, I know your answer now. Yeah, you, I was going to bite my tongue. Um, because, wow. honestly, it's like I can, I can control, like, how much I eat and how frequently and let it heal. Maybe I, I can like you're torturing dr- yourself. But yeah. Maybe it's a, I don't know, maybe, but the paper cut, just the slicing, the slicing is what really Wind. bothers me. And then everything you do with your hands afterwards, that gets like, if you, infected. it stings and infected <laughs> and all lemon. of that stuff. Yeah. Like imagine cooking right. with your paper cuts. Absolutely not. I have a follow up question. When's the last time any of us have had a paper cut or Bitten your tongue. I bite my tongue a lot because <laughs> I'm really bad at eating, I guess. <laughs> I, I bit my tongue uh, rather recently, I would say within the last couple of months, and it just pisses me off. 
<laughs> entirely. It really mad. does. Yeah, yeah. I'm just You're not like, happy about it. I was having. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jovial. Uh, no, I. Yeah, yeah. It just ruins everything. What about you? I haven't bit my tongue in quite a while, so I'm I'm probably due. Uh oh. Yeah. I did get not a paper cut, but a this cousin the cardboard <laughs> cut. I was opening a box. Worst. It was brutal. It was or like that, a chainsaw hit or, me. Almost. Or, or that nasty ass plastic that they put uh, stuff in where you get to pry it apart. Deep. Yeah, that, that's pretty bad. That might have to get stitched. Maybe we that. do a Seinfeld thing where we just we just have a gentleman's agreement, not gentleman, a, a gentle person's agreement, where you know we, we we do like the bet and we say who who's the first to get a paper cut, who's the first to get <laughs> yeah, the I'm uh, in. bite the tongue. I'm, I'm in, in with too. That. Yeah, I'm in. I'm Frank, lose. about you. When, I'm gonna be. Kramer. I need to know when Frank's last uh, incidents were. When I bit my tongue. Yeah. Or paper and, cut. Yeah. Paper cut, not for a while. Yeah. Probably. I would say if I bit my tongue recently, it was probably at a Rodigio. It had to have been because they put <laughs> a plate out of, of control. It's unlimited food, and sometimes my brain just shuts off, and I go into like this eating mode, dog mode. It, it, well, I don't think your brain <laughs> shuts off, but it does. I've been with Frank in one of these uh, steakhouses, and it's it's impressive as hell. And it, it is, you know, it, it, this is the 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 kindest gentleman you'll ever meet, and is not commanding people, but he knows how those things work, and he'll be like. Here, oh, yeah. here, here. He's like directing, like, it, it's amazing. They get, they get an orchestra. You with the cheap, free, uh, cheap meat, excuse me, yeah. up front. Yeah. And that's Bush League. Frank like, Get it. the chicken and sausages. Wait, you know, wait a second. <laughs> Give me the filet first. Give me the picanha. Yeah. I know what I'm doing over there. Yeah. <laughs> no, you talk about Michael Scott, he'll send it back. Frank will send it back. And it's if the, people if the salad come up, is on top, I send it back. He'll have that d- d- little thing turned over, but get that shit. Oh, the out card. Of here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's impressive as hell. It's something I, I think you should experience right. sometime. Um, wow. God, I can't believe you guys would rather have a paper cut. All day. I mean, I think you're kind of cheating by saying you're opting out of the paper cuts by doing tablets. Don't get mad at us because we're the system. I'm just saying. We worked around. Yeah. Folks, I don't like walk around for a would you rather. <laughs> <laughs> you just mad because you, you you're an out of control eater. It's because I try to talk what I'm eating, and it's just it's you. You do know that we the three of us just set ourselves up for the war. The next one's going to be horrible. Yeah, yeah. Good. The next one she's going to think of is going to be like, and you can't do this, and there's no workarounds. Yeah, yeah. we're we're, we're <laughs> first <laughs> the rules. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think out there? Paper cut or bite your tongue? It was a really good one. So thanks, Francesca. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Season two is a strong what were you one. Gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, season two is strong. It's almost wrapping up here, but uh, this, this has been a great episode on behalf of Frank, Francesca, Mike, and myself. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. This has been the Infuse Show. We're going to see you next time from Delahue, Delaware. Delaware. Bye bye. Bye y'all. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. 
Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.